And welcome to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, wishing everyone the best of health this holiday season. Let's bring in my radio broadcast partners, DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones Drew. Well, here we go again, guys. It's going to be a wild week. And as we gather on this Thursday morning, a lot of uncertainty still about the uh, contest ahead on Sunday for the Seattle Seahawks. This uh, day should be pretty telling and informative. Um, first of all, how are you? Let's start with MJD. What's going on? How's your week? I'm doing well, JB. A little cold here in the Bay Area, but, you know, doing wonderful. And DeMarco? Good. Made it to school on time and to work kind of on time, so I'm all right. <laughs> you know, it's not even 930 yet local time. We're doing just fine. <laughs> we'll catch up. And we won't rush, but we'll catch up. There we go. Uh, and guys, <laughs> our task is, is a bit difficult, right? Because how do you preview a game uh, when there's so much undecided about who's going to be available to play, especially on that top line? The good news is coming off of Monday night's experience, uh, this all-hands-on-deck approach has served the Rams pretty well. Let, let me start with as generic but applicable a question as I can, and that is in the instance where you're not able to practice – or not able to collectively get on the field the way that you would like to. How do you rally up and still be on your P's and Q's on Sunday? Maurice, is there anything in your experience that compares? Yeah, um, I mean, guys get hurt, right? Uh, Late in my career in 2011, uh, late in the season, I didn't practice at all. I mean, I think I might have did maybe half a Friday, Saturday walkthrough at best. Um, And it's all mental, right? And so you have to... I think the biggest thing is, and it's different now than when I was playing, but a lot of guys have these home gyms. They have cardio equipment there, especially because of the pandemic. So you probably have something at your house that you could use to keep your wind up. But really, other than that, it's all about being mentally tuned in and locked into what your job is. And you have to simplify a lot of things. Now, will that help the Rams? I don't know, right? But you want your guys to play fast, so it's not going to be a lot of checks you may actually run the same, a similar game plan that you ran the, the last time you played them or whatever it might be uh, with a little, like, you know, different plays in there. But you have to simplify everything because you don't have time to practice it, right? You're just you're really going to go out there off of what we do in meetings, and hopefully it works out. DeMarco, we were chatting with Les Snead on Monday's Coach McVay show, short week, so the GM filling in for the head coach. And one thing that I took away from that chat is that the Rams' two most recent wins tied directly into their Thursday practice, right? He said their work on Thursday preceding those games in some ways dictated the outcome. Well, it's Thursday, and I can't imagine they're going to be able to have the practice that they have the last couple of Thursdays. Yeah, it's going to be disrupted, and this is when you really have to be a pro and lean on your your veteran leadership because you're going to be home for the most part and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just COVID. So uh, you have to take those mental reps. Uh, you got to get off your feet when you're supposed to. You can't depend on a coach telling you, hey, get to bed, get, you know, eat, uh, don't go out at night, all that type of stuff. So you have to keep what's important in perspective, even though you're not practicing. Easier said than done. Imagine giving a high school team the week off before a game. You're not sure what you're going to get so these are pros they're paid to play so you have to take those mental reps and be ready um but it could actually work to your advantage you know this is late december and maurice said it i mean towards the end of the year right now i mean rest is more important than sometimes being on your feet and repping you know the stuff you need to do especially when you're a veteran so you could actually hit seattle with a bunch of fresh legs now you don't know what the names are going to be or who's going to be active but 
they're going to be working. They're going to be working in the weather. Uh, you have a chance to get off your feet. So as long as everyone's on their P's and Q's and they do the mental reps and you're, you're mentally in tune with the rest of your teammates, you can get through this. It'll take you, you know, a few series to get going on game day. As long as you don't mess it up, turn the ball over and give them a huge advantage. You can catch up to them on game day, but yeah, it's going to hurt, but it, it's, it's not the end all be all just because you missed a week of practice due to COVID. I hear that. Uh, something that you probably only know in retrospect, right? Like it's not the worst thing that the Rams picked up a division win while Tyler Higby and Rob Havenstein and Jalen Ramsey got a week off in December. But again, we won't know that until we get on the other side of uh, the current adversity. By the way, apropos of nothing, it looks like DeMarco's in the sauna today. Are you at the spa, DeMarco? How come your glasses aren't fogging up in there? <laughs> No, I'm in the back cave, I guess, man. It looks like it. I like it, though. Coming out of the shadows, like the Rams last week and on Monday night. <laughs> it is frigid in Los Angeles, so I thought you might have found a, uh, a warm spot. So here's some things that I do think we can discuss about the Rams, given all the uncertainty right now. Uh, a few things on my mind. One, what do you take away from the win in the desert, and where does that rank among your favorite wins since, let's say, the Rams came back to Los Angeles or Sean McVay was hired? Cooper Cup is is not going to win MVP. I think that's fair to say. But what other awards might he be in line for? Like, could he be the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year? And then we'll take a quick look at the Seahawks. But let's start at the top and reflect back on Monday. Maurice, is is there a major takeaway from that win, regardless of how it plays out in terms of the NFC seeding, that you think will serve the Rams well? Well, JB, we've had this conversation uh via text, right? And I told you, there's certain teams that if they're right, you don't want to play. And the Rams were one of them. And it felt like the Rams have gotten right after that Jaguars win, right? They got, they found their running game. They found their play action pass. They found a way to get guys the ball. And you saw that carry over to the Cardinals, even without a defense uh, or some of your defensive stars, right? You saw your D line take over the game against Jacksonville, as we saw against the Cardinals as well. So to me, I think the Rams are back where they're supposed to be, right? Very similar to when C.J. Anderson came in and all of a sudden it was C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley and they were running the ball like crazy and they ran their they ran themselves into the, the, the Super Bowl. I think the Rams are where they need to be. And so for me to go into Arizona against the number one seed in the NFC, the team with the best record in the NFL, and to beat them without your starting right tackle, your starting running back, your starting corner, um, and a couple other pieces, or you're starting tight end six hours before you play the game and you come out and you play like that, that tells me the Rams are very confident in their abilities and what they can do. And the, and, and the things that we saw, um, the things that were troubling us through, during that stretch, that three-game stretch, they've kind of fixed them, and now they're back ready to roll. You may have compromised one of your uh, major opponents, too. DeAndre Hopkins sounds like he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. They hope to have him back for the playoffs. DeMarco, before we get to uh, where that ranks on your list of favorite Rams wins, what do you think the carry forward is, as MJD just described? Well, uh, you know, just watching that, this was the theme coming out of Monday night was the stars showed up. Your 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 biggest players that were on the field showed up and made big plays. Aaron Donald taking over the game. Cooper Cup absolutely going berserk. Um, what I did notice was I saw the confidence just ooze out of Arizona. Whatever confidence you had in, you know, in October from beating the Rams and the way you beat them slowly started to ebb and, and leave. Kyler Murray, like you said, was protecting himself. That Cooper Cup touchdown in the end zone, uh, in the corner of the end zone where he caught it about an inch off the ground. Did you see the reaction of all those Cardinal players? I mean, they were so frustrated and just 
we can't keep up with these guys. Now that's how we usually notice Arizona playing against the Rams. They, they went back from, okay, we have dominance over the Rams in one month. Now in December, we can't even keep up with these guys. We can't stop them. We can't stop their stars. So I saw one team gaining confidence at the same time, the other losing confidence. So I agree with Maurice, man, when this team is right, uh, from top to bottom, uh, as especially as as top heavy as they are on this roster, when that top that front line group is playing well, they're as good as anybody. So as long as that carries over, and that's the thing that scares me the most, because you might be overusing some guys at this point. But when those top guys bring their A game, I don't care who you are or where you're playing, you always have a shot to win. I Real agree. That. Oh, you th- yeah, JD, go ahead. Did you not see number twenty when Cup caught that ball? Like he was just like, it was almost crying. What do you want me to do? Like, yeah. I've done everything. What? What do you? And that—that that is when you have a team like that. When they like, he just put his head down. He was like, "Look, I've done. I did all that. You, the coach, put me in position, and I still can't make the play." Like that is when you have someone, and that's when mm-hmm. you put the league on notice, right? That was great coverage by um, I forget what corner it was. I think it was Wilson. Good great call, coverage. good coverage, good everything. Just a better throw and a better catch. What can you do? <laughs> and, and normally you tell guys to have like water off a of duck's back, right? It just happens. Unless it's a play, don't worry about it. But that happened multiple times throughout the game, to where the yeah. dude was like he was defeated, right? Yeah, and yeah. so that's what I'm talking. Like all of a sudden, you talked about Demarco. They're losing confidence, and guess what? The Rams are doing. They're just gaining more and more confidence. And with Joe Noteboom playing. At right tackle, that's huge. That, that that to me is the way he performed. Now you know that you have an extra guy that can go out there and make plays. They have more depth than what we thought at the end of the day. There's still a very realistic scenario where the Rams' path through the NFC playoffs goes through Glendale, right? So just going there and making that statement, I think, is important, putting some doubt in the Cardinals' minds. Uh, I, I'm 100% on the same page as you, DeMarco, that if you can get Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey – to the postseason in this state, you got a chance against anyone anywhere. Um, but then you get the support of, you know, the back end of your 53 man roster, some practice squad guys contributing. Maybe you get Cam Akers back in the mix. Like this is a really potent uh, group heading to the postseason. Now they just have to finish out this next month and see what the uh, playoff seating looks like. Speaking of uh, text message conversations, Demarco, you and I were going back and forth a little bit about, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens from this point forward. That was a special win. Like, that was one for the scrapbook. That was one that we'll be talking about for many years to come. And the question was, was it the greatest Rams win since they came back to Los Angeles? Or where does it rank on your short list? Any clarity for you in that regard? Well, the one that keeps coming up is Greg Zerline in New Orleans. You you kicked the team into the Super Bowl. That was huge. Sure. Kind of tarnished because of the no call, right? That's all anyone was talking about leaving New Orleans was that no call. Uh the Saints felt like they got kind of, you know, hosed there. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I rack in my brain. Monday night, going back versus Kansas City here in the Coliseum, that was huge. Uh, and the way it happened, you were scheduled in Mexico. You had to reschedule. Everything was done on the fly, and it was a back-and-forth affair. But I went back and looked at the record. We're, wasn't the team 9-1 and one at the time? So that was win number 10? You know, that's a little different. This is the team coming off a three-game losing streak now. You beat Jacksonville, which no one gave you credit for, and then you're shorthanded going to Arizona facing the hottest team in the league. The Monday night crew, all those guys were were right in the obituary for the Rams before the game. And then, lo and behold, you got in front, you stayed in front, and you played like the better team shorthanded. I can't think of a better victory. 
I can't think of a better coaching job that Sean McVay has done this year than to rally his troops, get guys going. Like you said, when you don't have some of your best players, your cornerstone guys, and you still make plays to beat Arizona in their house, I can't think of a bigger win. Well, in some ways, the player and coach reaction tells you everything you need to know, right? If you're watching body language for those four quarters and then the postgame celebration, that should indicate everything we need to know about how much they valued and cherished that victory. Maurice, how about for you? Where does that rank? That's number two for me. I, I will, I've never been to a Super Bowl um, as a player, but I have as a broadcaster, and that will always be number one. Uh, going to New Orleans and winning, regardless of the no call and all that, that kick, I remember almost shedding a tear. I didn't shed a tear on Monday night, so that'll always be number one. But I, I think you guys are exactly right. The short notice, the shorthandedness, um, everyone was concerned about it. I mean, our car right there, we all had our issues with how are you going to do this, how are we going to do that, what are we going to do. We're trying to figure out the game plan as well. 45 minutes before we get to the stadium, what, what 90 minutes before the game starts, whatever it might have been. So, um Everyone, everyone had their doubts, but you know, to see those guys step up and play well, that was huge, and that may be the thing that springboards them into being that team that we talk about. I mean, the plays that we're showing here too for our fans, like that play to Odell Beckham Jr., that was unbelievable, right? Normally, you've seen them run the screen off that. You normally see them run a fade off that. Now they come back with a slant. Like I mean, it, it just the way they put this this drive that those drives together when they needed them was huge, and uh, I'm excited to see kind of where it takes them. Maurice, I like the drive home better than the drive in, right, to your point? (laughs) (laughs) The three of us had a much better time leaving State Farm Stadium (laughs) than the mood we were in on the way there. All right, let's get on to Cooper Cup, and uh, he's a triple crown candidate, right? It's something uh, really unique that he's into. He's having a record-setting year. We're talking about things that have never happened in NFL history, is he going to be an MVP? I think we've seen enough in recent years to know that that's a quarterback award and there's not anything that even another offensive player, much less a defensive player, can do to be included in that conversation. Like if Aaron Donald's you know, 2017-18 seasons weren't enough, then probably not enough for Cooper Cup. But how about NFL Offensive Player of the Year? Maurice, is there a case to be made? And <clears throat> would that be a worthy consolation prize for the Cup, that, the season that Cup has had? Oh, no, I, I I think, it. first of all, Envy, you're right. MVP is a QB award. No matter how good of a season you have, no matter what happens, they're going to give that to the quarterback. MVQB. We should just we yeah. should just change the acronym. No question. But I think what Cooper Cup has done, I've never seen anything like this in person. Um, I was there. I've watched Calvin Johnson when he had his 2,000-yard season from afar. But to see the way Cooper Cup goes about it, the way he – he does, you know, the thing, he doesn't only just catch the ball. He blocks. He lead blocks in the running game. He's returned punts. He's, he's done everything. And so, to me, this the only person I could probably think that may contend with him is Jonathan Taylor from the Colts, depending on his run down, um, down uh, the stretch here. But what Cooper Cup has done, being a triple crown winner, um, seeing double coverage, being covered by the number one guy week in, week out, still making plays, still finding ways to get open, uh, making crucial catches as he did, a crucial catch as he did against the Arizona Cardinals where the guy's on his back and he still catches it over his shoulder like this. Like He's just been a big-time playmaker. And I, definitely Offensive Player of the Year for sure should go to him, if not uh, Jonathan Taylor. 
DeMarco, what I love about where they're at with Cooper Cup, too, is now that OBJ is in the mix and getting better each week and more integrated with the game plan, um, maybe with their running game identity ironed out, Van Jefferson, you know, going for three explosive touchdowns, like they're not as locked in and reliant on Cooper Cup. They can pick their moments. Like, was it Jacksonville where he didn't have a, a catch in the first quarter and then all of a sudden he just goes off? Like, they can pick their moments with Cooper Cup, and I think Matthew Stafford has grown a lot in that regard. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, you go back to you Cup, uh, to Cup Woods, and um, uh, what was the little receiver that's in Texans that's uh, in Houston right now? Brandon His name Cooks. just escapes. Brandon Cooks. I mean, that that trio was great. And then you go to, you know, Woods, Cup, and Van Jefferson or, or whoever. The one constant in all this has been Cooper Cup. So, I mean, look, I, I'm with Maurice. Um, it's between those two guys for, for offensive MVP. But then if I had a vote, I would say, look, Cooper Cup weighs in to the run game as much as he does the passing game because uh, not just his blocking, even those short passes that he, he, he takes, those are basically extensions of your run game. He's controlling the football game from that position. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he gets the looks and the, the, the respect that he deserves league-wide because he is tremendous. And I like the way Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford use him from 20 to 20. I mean, he's an absolute threat. Uh, if you go single coverage, he kills you with those out routes. If you go zone, he knows exactly where to sit. And he doesn't fool the quarterback. He presents a big target. And he's a catch-and-go guy. So, like you mentioned, with Odell Beckham Jr. kind of coming into his own and making defenses respect his speed and his explosiveness. And Van Jefferson is a guy that you can't sleep on because you just saw it in Arizona. He can get by you, and he's got a quarterback that can get you the football. So it's really pick your poison. And when you're running the football behind that and you're running for power with Sony Michelle, uh, the defense has to cover all 53 plus 100. That's tough to do. Uh, th- that's You can't cover all that with just one call. You need guys to be special. And we talked about it at the beginning of the show. When Cooper Cup starts to heat up, no matter what you call, even if you're in good position and it's a so-so throw, he can still make something happen. So it's equally as frustrating. But, yeah, man, I mean, Cooper Cup to me is the thing that makes this go. Uh, so if he wins or if Matthew Stafford is your MVP or a quarterback is your 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 MVP, then this is your offensive player of the year because no one means more to their offensive success than Cooper Cup. Hey, I just thought of a follow-up to that. And as we get into the final month of the season, this first year of 17 games, there's all kinds of counting records at stake, right? Touchdowns, yards, completions, receptions, all those sorts of things. How do you guys feel about franchise and NFL records being at stake with an extra game? And and what I mean is if you're closing in on Isaac Bruce or Calvin Johnson or Kurt Warner, for instance, do we close the book or should we close the book at Baltimore? Or does that week 17 against San Francisco factor in for you guys? Like how will you treat a 17 game counting stat record versus a 16? I'll I'll say this, JB, (laughs) a record is a record. A record is a record, right? And I'm going to – I remember, uh, was it O.J. Simpson who rushed for 2,000 yards in a 14-game season? And it was like, oh, my God. Like, that still is unbelievable. But as soon as the league went to 16, it, 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 like, you just got to go with it. Like, it happens. Know, you, it have to get, you have to get over it eventually. But the first year, I'm less, like, a little bit sensitive to being like, oh, and there goes Kurt Warner's <laughs> record. And down goes Isaac Bruce when hey, the denominator records are meant to be thing. broken. Well – well, it depends on what record. See, from my perspective, if you get 23 sacks and you break Strahan's record, but it's in 17 games, I'm not sure if that counts. 
<laughs> oh, it can't no, even, no, no, though, Marco, even though Brett Favre gave you the last one. <laughs> Anyone who breaks that record, anyhow, it counts because we know how he got it in the first place, right? Okay, fair enough. But I mean, if it if it takes you an extra week to get the record, then I don't know. You know, I might have to put that little dot at the end of your name. <laughs> but it's kind of the same feeling I had when Aaron Donald became the Rams like franchise sack leader, right? Like deserving. Yeah. You couldn't have a better representative atop your books, but in the back of our mind, we know the fearsome foursome didn't get to play that game, right? Uh, and true, and you know, and some of these record holders, um, I'm sure they were on pretty good teams. I have to look and make sure. Some of these guys were probably off the last week of the season anyway, getting ready for the playoffs, maybe. So hmm. some of these you can go back and forth, back and forth, but if, if it takes you that extra game to break the record, then I might have to look at you a little sideways. DeMarco, if the record's broken, it's broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> no doubt. No hey. doubt. Unless it's yours. <laughs> listen, no, no. Listen, my I just had my record broken in high school for I think touchdowns and they played like two more games than we played. I was like, dude, it's broken. <laughs> All right, last thing. Let's uh, touch on the Seahawks real quickly. They are strangely at once like on the verge of elimination, but also very much in the wild card picture because of the bubble being so soft and undecided as it is. A win, I think they're very much in the hunt, a loss, and they're probably cooked. Um, are you believing in this little two-game Russell Wilson resurgence for the Seahawks? Maurice, let's start with you. Um, I, I think very similar to what the Rams did with the Jaguars. It gave them confidence. I think you see Russell throwing the ball much better. Um, still not getting the ball to DK Metcalf the way he's supposed to, but that Tyler Lockett connection is huge, right? And, again, regardless of who you play or when you play him or how you play him, or, as long as you win, it, it breeds confidence. So um, I, I'm a little nervous. To be honest with you, I'm a little nervous because Russell Wilson, we know he has that magic to him. And he was running around like he was Russell Wilson against the Houston Texans and throwing the ball down the field. And Tyler Lockett, for some reason, still outrunning people. Like, we still don't believe Tyler Lockett's a deep threat. And it's just like, if they get that going offensively, their defense feeds off that, right? And so it's going to be important um, this game to kind of hone hone in on Russell Wilson, make sure he doesn't get out of the pocket. And then offensively score when you have to when you get a chance to you got to score touchdowns and get those guys down quickly. Demarco, there's all these reports about you know Russell Wilson and his no trade clause and what next season might hold and whether or not we'll see the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson partnership again against the Rams beyond this Sunday. Where do you come down on that, and uh, how would you feel if the Rams help bring it to a close? Wow. I, I, look, if it comes down to coach or quarterback, always pick the quarterback, especially if it's Russell Wilson. So, you know, I mean, I love Pete Carroll, but from a Rams perspective, I hope Pete Carroll gets fired because that sets them back a little bit. It kind of puts them in the rear view. But look, I, if anybody can coach his way out of this and keep a job, it's Pete Carroll. And legitimately, um, look, I'll say this. Let me say this loud and clear. The Seahawks can beat you this oh, weekend. Yeah. They're good enough, and they have been. I'll say that for this reason only. They beat San Francisco two weeks ago. The Rams weren't even close, and the Seahawks just handled them and beat them and had a seven-point lead and made it stand up for four quarters, made big plays towards the end to get Garoppolo out of there. So they they dovetailed off that, and they beat a down Houston squad. We know about that. But they are good enough to beat the Rams, and that defense is playing well enough to kind of give you problems. But there's plays to be made. If you play your best game, if you don't turn it over, if you give yourself a chance going into the fourth, I believe you can beat it. But if you mess around and give them hope, give them confidence, Seattle, Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll will dial it up. And remember, they are practicing to beat you. You're still at home. 
They're going to have some advantages early. They're uh, they're preparing to beat you, and they're, they're capable of it. So they can take this two-game winning streak to three games and save Pete Carroll's job at the same time. Uh, DeMarco, I'm not trying to one-up you. I'm just – I know what you mean. They can beat the Rams at full strength. And as of Thursday right. morning, when we speak right now, we don't know what version or what portion of the Rams are going to be at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. MJD, any final thought? Uh, a lot of adversity through the last couple of weeks for the Rams – um, but I think this, this, these, these COVID situations and the injuries and all the things they've dealt with, it's only going to make them stronger. If you keep finding a way to win, when you get to the playoffs, that's all that matters. Yeah. All right. Our thanks to both of you and to our audience for tuning in this week to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota Dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. Stay safe, stay healthy, everyone. For those who can join us in Inglewood on Sunday at SoFi Stadium, looking forward to seeing you there for a division showdown between the Seahawks and the Rams.